Hello, and welcome to the Talk 11 podcast, the podcast that creates connection. We have a lineup of extraordinary speakers on every season that are here to talk about their story and talk about their struggle so that you feel like you are never alone because we feel at this day and age, there is a huge disconnect in the community and we want to connect you guys back together again. So welcome and stay tuned for a lot of fun, a lot of value. Take the time and take a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, This is episode three of the Talk 11 podcast, and today we have the one, the only Chuck Butler with us. Chuck graced us with his presence on our stage at our second event in Mississauga. Chuck, also like Jim, if you just listened to the last episode, had a new normal hit him and his family. And uh, Chuck kind of talks about how they've adapted, how they've changed, how it impacted not only himself and his wife, but their kids as well. So Chuck, thank you again for being a part of Talk 11, for getting up on that stage, for having the courage to share your story. And we are so happy and so glad to have you here with us. Okay, that's my intro for now. Matt, how's it going? Good, Farah. How are you? I'm fantastic. Living the dream as usual. Chuck, how's it going? Chuck, what's going on? Not too bad. I just uh, took a little break from work today. I came out to the the car to do this podcast, but I wanted to get it done and uh, everything's been going swimmingly since uh talk 11 i'm feeling good and kind of on a a high from sharing all of my story and everything with everyone and the whole internet and everything it's been good actually i'll I'll share with you so we had saturday we had the the talk 11 event and then on sunday i went to work tackling my office cleaning it up and tidying it up and made some good progress there and i've been kind of getting to the gym regularly, kind of preaching what I was, you know, practicing what I was preaching on stage. So it's been kind of a good self-reminder and self-motivator for me to kind of share advice and then make sure I enact it. So Absolutely. So for those people that, again, may not have had the opportunity to be there on January the 11th, in as many words as you want, in like two to three minutes, why don't you give like a quick the for I'll age myself here, but like the Coles notes, Coles version, notes version of kind of what you spoke about so that everyone's on the same page when we're kind of talking and asking questions. Sure. Well, I started off with telling the story of my wife's unfortunate event of going in for a surgery and um, ending up quadriplegic after a regular surgery. She was uh, two and a half years in the hospital, and I talked a little bit about how all that happened, just some very unlucky things that were going on in her body and they came out at a at a time which which was uh, interesting because she was in for a knee surgery so it was kind of a weakened state from the anesthesia that let this uh, this monster that was inside of her come out but I didn't mention in the talk we we're actually very fortunate that it happened in the hospital because they were able to save her mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is if we'd been more than two hours away from uh, the hospital she went to, she probably wouldn't have pulled through. The technology yeah. that they that saved her life at Toronto General Hospital doesn't exist everywhere in the country and, and in a rural area. If we'd been up north or something when this struck, then a uh, different story. But uh, yeah. I just uh, kind of covered trials and tribulations of um, dealing with Barb being in the hospital. I talked an awful lot about how the story is very relatable. She was a, a healthy woman that's that was just stricken down with this. Well, basically she came a quadriplegic from walking around one day working and playing soccer to, to being totally helpless, really, physically. The next, it was a battle with the medical facilities. You can hear, I don't know if you can hear the yeah, ambulance can, in the background. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's, that's good. 
That's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. you could, those are our sound I, effects. I have a sound effects board going. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually happen to be at Trillium Hospital at the moment. So uh, that is why we hear ambulance background noise. Anyway, so Barbara survived. We fought to get her the physiotherapy that she needed and the care that she needed. And she bounced around for a number of facilities. We had an awful lot of help from the community in making sure that the kids were taken care of. As I mentioned in my talk, they didn't miss anything. There was no blips for, for not playing soccer and hockey and, and lacrosse and all those things. And uh, my work family was, was phenomenal with making sure my customers were taken care of and mm -hmm. just allowed me to be where I needed to be when I needed to be there. And then as we went forward, we really wanted to get Barbara home. The situation was she's not able to move her arms and legs, but completely there mentally. So maybe you can't imagine what it's like because I haven't been there either. But I could only imagine what it would feel like for her to be totally of sound mind and living in a hospital and thinking that's where I'm going to be for the rest of my days. Uh, a lot of people felt that the care she needed couldn't be given anywhere but a medical facility. But we knew that uh, it would be much better for her and for everybody to be living at home. So we had a number of fundraisers, golf tournaments, hockey tournaments, and a bunch of other ways to, to raise money to get us into a, a home that worked for Barb. So two and a half years after the original disaster day, we brought Barb home full time to a house with uh, an elevator so she can be in every single room in the house. And uh, we've got a proper hospital bed, ceiling lifts. We've got a tilt table in the basement. We have a uh, what's called a Motomed bike in the living room. And uh, she's doing lots of physio, getting down to uh, the Ford Center where the Leafs practice. She does a treadmill workout down there. They have a, a device, which I kind of refer to as a RoboCop that she's kind of suspended in and she runs on a, or walks on a treadmill, which is great. So wow. it is pretty cool to see. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite a device when, uh, when it's working. Sometimes we get a call the night before, <laughs> it's broken again. So uh, she'll do something else physio-wise in those days. But yeah, I just, I talked about the story of Barb and, and how we really needed to get her home, how we made that happen with a lot of help from other people. And then I got into more talking about myself. I've spent the last five years telling my story about my wife and her medical exploits and talking about the kids, but not much about myself. When I saw Matt's video, a number of, uh, before Talk 11 existed, I was kind of inspired to do kind of a share myself. So I had been sending out a, an email journal to the people in the Butler world for a long time, just giving updates. And, and I, I switched gears and talked about myself, how I was coping, how I was feeling, how I was dealing with things. And then uh, Talk 11 was created and I was following along and I attended the first Talk 11 on September 11th with thinking that I probably would want to share my story, but I wasn't ready. I wanted to see how the first one went and see how everything was done. So I didn't want to be the first one into the pool, but I'm in the second wave, which has been great. Yeah, and I, I talked about self-care, and, and one of the phrases I like to use is you can't fill anybody's cup from an empty bucket. So mm -hmm. you just have to be mindful of, of your energy levels and, and be realistic about how your whole surroundings do affect you, and you have to make sure you don't fall apart. And it's easy to do in a stressful situation like this. I, I have a lot of trouble turning my mind off. I've always been working full-time through this whole thing, and then as soon as intermingled it's not like the work day ends and then the, the the afternoon begins or the evening begins with the kids it's constant i get you know we have caregivers at the house that uh, they might need information during the day yeah it's a time management thing and it's a self-care thing and you need to take time out so i just talked a little bit more about myself and how it's important to to be mindful of, of where your head is give yourself a break don't be too hard on yourself 
And I really feel that that sharing like this is a really important thing and very valuable. Certainly for me, I, everyone's a, an individual and maybe they don't have it in them to get up on stage and, and share, or maybe they can't handle putting things down on paper because their thoughts mm -hmm. are so, so in depth and difficult and maybe dark. But for me, the whole process of appearing on stage at Talk 11, probably the the best part of the process for me mentally was was taking these thoughts and putting them down on paper mm -hmm. and articulating them and writing it out and processing through my mind how I wanted to to share them you know it's yeah yeah with that being said i'm i'm just literally going back through my calendar now seeing if i have the date where you and i first sat down to talk about potentially you coming and speaking at the second event in Mississauga. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you kind of were unsure if you thought, you know, you were ready or you could do it or your story was kind of quote unquote, what people wanted to hear. So from that date in like late October, 2019 to where to January 11th, what changed? What grew? What was your experience from that point of unknowing to the time where we introduced your name and you strutted out on stage? To be honest with you, when we had lunch, I think we both kind of knew that we were going to talk about this and I was going to say yes immediately. I think that was, was hey, how you doing? Do you want yeah. to, like, talk 11's coming up? Yes, I'm in. Okay. And it was, uh, it was very good to get thoughts down on paper, the whole process, knowing I had a, a date where I was going to be doing this and mm. going through the process was great. It was good for my mindfulness to see just how busy I was and how I had to challenge myself to manage my time to keep up with everything and add this extra project which a lot of people shake their heads when I take extra things on and I do have a lot going on but I I wanted to do it I was I really wanted to do it so but it was it was eye-opening to see just how how difficult it was to set time aside mm -hmm. to do this that had a firm deadline which was yeah which is uh is different than the way I just kind of chip away at things you know I have a great big to-do list and in the the vein of being easy on yourself and not being too hard on yourself, just say, you know, I got a to-do list with 30 things on it, you know, get, get three or four done. And that's three or four more than you had at the start of the day. Right. Yep. But uh, yep. a lot of those, a lot of these things I'm chipping away on and projects I'm working on don't have a, a firm presentation date. So, right. It was, so, uh, so what was your biggest takeaway? What did you learn about? What did you learn about yourself? What did you, what did you, what I learned that I'm, I'm making a lot of progress, but I still have a lot of work to do. I think if you look back and you want to, to put things into chapters, I think me getting up on stage and preparing this talk and giving the talk is kind of an end of a chapter and I'm on to the next one. It's kind of a, a taking stock moment. And I think that's, that's very valuable. That's kind of a benchmark. You know, you got these dates in our mind. The day, the day December 17th was the day Barb left Toronto General Hospital. Mother's Day 2017 was the day she came home. You know, we have all these, the first time we went on a, a vacation as a family. I can't remember the exact date, but the first time Barb left the hospital to come to Nolan's hockey game, it was an incredible logistics project. She, yeah. We found he was, he was playing a hockey game closer to where she was at West Park than he'd ever played before. And we had wheel trans there and I did a site visit ahead of time to make sure that everything was level. Yeah. And we talked to the coach and we set up, but she came to the boards and they opened the boards and they dropped the puck to the, the area where she could be. And uh, that was kind of a, a real milestone to do that. And then like tonight, we're going to go for a hockey game and it's not a big deal. We just, awesome. it's amazing when you look back. So 
but again, I always, I always default to talking about Barb and, and her milestones, but I do need to be, I was just going to say, bring myself, bring myself closer to the top, right? I tend Me to too. just push everything down. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. where your video, where your talk started. So the first talk that we got <laughs> to that first video was 18 minutes long. Yes, it was. And I would say about 16 of those minutes were about Barb. Uh-huh. And about two minutes were about Chuck and how Chuck was dealing with it. And then, so we cut <laughs> that down, right? We cut that down. We got version number two. And version number two was, I'd say, about 60-40. And then that still didn't feel good enough. And I remember having a conversation with you one day, uh, Matt and I, and I, and Matt said, Fair, what are your thoughts on, on Chuck's talk so far? And I said, it's missing Chuck. And you mm. just hit the nail on the head. Like, it took a lot of time for us to help you see that this was your story too, right? Because, you know, you've spent so much time helping Barb and the hope for Barb to come home and all the things surrounded about Barb. But then, and this happens to a lot of people where someone in a relationship or in a family ends up kind of being the focus. And then the spouse or whoever else ends up taking a back seat just because this is the way cards unfolded. So how was it for you in that process of bringing your story, bringing your emotions, bringing Chuck really into it. Was it hard for you? I feel like it was a little bit hard for you and it still might be, but talk to us about that. How was that process of putting yourself finally into your story? How did that play out for you? It wasn't difficult because once I get my head around something that I think is the right thing to do, I tend Mm -hmm. to just jump into it. Like I hadn't written my talk before Matt and I spoke about that I was going to speak. I just said, you know, I want to do this. And I, yes, let's do it. There's a, I don't know what to use the word guilt again, but there's, there's a guilt about making me the, the front of the story because mm-hmm. I feel like everybody else has other challenges. My kids are young. They need to be guided and, and they need to have different experiences and everything. You don't put yourself first, but you have to sometimes. Yeah. Yep. It's a habit. You know, what you're used to is making sure everybody else is taken care of. And to be honest with you, I probably get a lot of this from my mother because she's a person like that, that always is always making sure everyone's taken care of. And then there's time for her, then, then that's great. But if it doesn't happen, that's the way that I grew up. And a lot of people like to talk about themselves. You know, you don't like to talk about himself, Donald Trump, and he's not a guy that I really like that much. So I don't want to put myself <laughs> in, that, in that vein. But it's um, interesting the way society, like, there's that dichotomy between being able to put yourself first yeah. and being seen as Donald Trump, right? Like, yeah. and the way I look at, you know, what we do at Talk 11 and how we work with speakers and what speak, the exercise that all of the speakers have to go through from the time that even if they know what their story is, obviously it's their life. It's no different than going to the gym, right? It's no different right. than, than starting yoga. It's no different than starting meditation or going for hikes. Like you have to start and it, it, it's like, those things are just as much about you as working through your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's not a negative connotation towards putting yourself first or being selfish or not thinking of my wife or not thinking of my kids. It's just one of those things where you're like, no, this is an outlet for me yeah. to become better, to stay healthy, to make sure I have capacity in my bucket to fill others' buckets. Um, yeah. So I think it's interesting when Fer and I look back and you look back and kind of your, I don't want to say unwillingness because I, I, that infers a decision, but your preference to focus on others mm. was very 
like much parallel to the story you were telling literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And hopefully now that you're kind of out the other end of the tunnel, so to speak, and you know, you're saying, you know, you're, you're back at, you know, going to the gym and doing all these other things. It's interesting to me that, well, of course you are because you've changed the narrative of your story to include yourself. Yeah. Right. I but I, I still have that fear of, of falling off and, and not being balanced. Am I, is, by spending more time on myself, is somebody else going to drop off and have needs that go unmet? But at speaking, this point, we, the, but the speaking, kids are a little bit older than we started, so they need less help, really. I just have to be realistic about that. We have caregivers that are, are some of them have been around long enough that, that I'm not worried about how Barb's making out when I'm not around there and yeah, when your yeah. sister's not around. And yeah. I'm just going to interject and say, like, that fear, like, I mean, and, and, I think that's normal, but the fact that you have that fear and maybe we just like in my, in my case, I have the same thing, but I choose not to use the word fear. I like awareness, mm -hmm. having yeah. that, having that awareness around that insecurity means that you will never not give enough time to the other things in your life that need it. Right. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. I think oftentimes it's people's unwillingness to be aware I mean, if you want to use a word, it's their ignorance towards what other people's need for them or what their responsibility is within their family work environment. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, I, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Whereas you have that awareness. So that's not yeah. going to happen. So like take a deep breath and, and give yourself a pat on the back and know that like you can have Chuck time as well. And you're stepping into the new normal of your new normal, right? Because yeah. you, you said your, your kids are growing up. You know, you've got caretakers for Barb that know how to take care of Barb. And now you're opening up this time for you. And I know for me, like when my kids went to school, when they started kindergarten, I was like, well, like what now? Like, who do I take care of? And mm -hmm. I sat there and I went, oh shit, it's time for me to take care of me. Right. And then like, that was a whole lesson that I had to learn as well, that it was okay to take care of myself. It's okay to, you know, do these things and be this person. and it's cool. It's a fun, different learning experience. And I'm so excited that you're now stepping into that phase of your newness. And I yep. think it'll be, um, it'll be great for you. And I feel like you getting up there and sharing more of your story and your, your emotions, I feel like it just kind of shed a layer for you and helped you step into something fresh, which is very cool. And I, and I truly believe that the, the sharing and talking is, is super valuable. I had lunch, so I had the talk on Saturday, got the office cleaned up. On Tuesday, I had lunch with a friend that I hadn't had lunch with before. And he had seen the talk, and we, he, he reached out to me on Monday. He said, we need to have lunch sometime. And I was like, tomorrow. Let's not say sometime. Let's yeah. say tomorrow. And, and we did, and it was good. And we didn't actually talk that much about his mental health or my mental health. We just talked. It was really good, but I insisted on paying because – I put the onus on him to set up the next one and pay the next time. So good. <laughs> kind of parlayed that into to more of a hopefully what'll be a regular thing, right? So, but it's like it's, it. it's interesting. I had a, a friend of mine. I asked him. I, it was months and months ago. I said, "Let's go have lunch." And and we sat. We met where we were. We were going and sat down. He's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, mm. "Nothing." He goes, "Oh, I thought you called me to tell me something that you know <laughs> something was happening with." <laughs> Don't right. think he's. Our kids play hockey together. Something's going on with Nolan or the hockey yeah, team. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I thought we would have a face-to-face catch-up. Which is like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> which is like, it's one of the reasons, and again, like not to beat a dead horse, but why Farrah and I do what we do. It's, it's to, to try to get people connecting, right? Get people yeah. from behind of a computer screen, ironically, as we sit here computer. on a computer. But, you know, it's that, okay, let's get there. Oh, shit. Why, why does he want to get together? What's going on? Is something wrong in his world? But that's interesting. But I do feel like that's kind of a male thing. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Because if I, you know, if I yeah. send a friend a message and say, hey, let's go grab lunch, then it's, you know, we're just grabbing lunch. We're shooting the shit. We're talking. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I, th I think it's like, and this is why I love what we do. And I love that, you know, Matt and I have partnered in this because, you know, he brings the male energy. I bring the female energy, but it's like, I am so craving more men to share. I want more men to share. I want more men to talk. I want them to be able to open up, to express how they feel, to, you know, be who they are because it's been years and years of generationally telling men to suck it up and suck it up and suck it up. You don't have to talk about your feelings. I feel like you getting up there for your generation as well and being able to share so openly and being so vulnerable and courageous in doing that will help other generations of men be able to do that as well. I agree. Matt and I, you, you, Matt, you and I talked about that beforehand, you know, like, did you have any concerns about talking? And I said, well, you know what, there might be some people that are, are in my world that might see this, that think this sharing is, is somehow sort of odd or, or weak or whatever. We, and then yeah. we talked about, well, that's not correct. And if people don't want to understand that or can't understand that, then maybe so, if they go away, that's not a big deal. It's not a big loss, but right. more loss, more of their loss than mine. Right. And so that's a great point though, because I remember that. And, and thank you for bringing that up. So post show, right. And, and that was like your big, not a big concern, but it was a discussion point of like, yeah, well, what if people see that as kind of a weakness? Have you had any negative feedback? Have you had anyone that Absolutely you, not. have you, no. do you have anyone in your world close friends, families, colleagues, social media acquaintances that have reached out with a negative note at no, all? No, but my situation is that people are very sympathetic to me in general because of what's happened. No, nobody would do that. Nobody would send me a, okay. a note saying, what are you doing? This is horrible. But, they would, they, they're decent people if I, I know them still they would keep that to themselves if they really felt that way. Or they might talk with somebody else about it and that's fine. I, I, think, I think my point being is yeah. people just don't. Right. I think people are, are as much as, as we are fearful that they're going to look upon our vulnerability and our sharing as weakness, mm -hmm. they actually find it a strength. Mm -hmm. So Ferris shared her story mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. had nothing you know, but positive feedback. I you know, have shared my story and the feedback was incredible. You shared your story now. So like, what would you tell people that are sitting there or they listen to this, they know they have a story, they know that they need to share and they're contemplating Talk 11 as a platform. What advice do you give them? I would say call me and, and ask about my experience or call someone that's done it or watch the other, listen to the podcast, the post-game deconstructions of, of how everything went. And uh, I would certainly recommend it for anyone provided they feel they could be comfortable enough to do it. Mm -hmm. And while we're on the subject of sharing and inspiring others, I mm -hmm. want to compliment the two of you and say congratulations. I mean, what, an example of what the idea of this is to have Sean's mother come up on the spur of the moment and share really oh very valuable thoughts. When, when she had this realization that I was doing this and, and other people, my family might be going in the wrong place because of the example I'm setting, I need to 
put this mark in the sand and move on. It was in, you got there in the second talk 11. Like that's the kind of thing yeah. that you think if we, if we, if we really put our nose to the grindstone and, and work and have a bunch of these events, then we'll get this movement going and yeah. boom, halfway through the second event. That was an incredible, that was the best moment of the, the talk, I think for me to, as an observer. And for those that, so Sean was one of our other speakers and he gave an incredible talk. At one point, uh, shortly after that, we asked the audience members kind of in a spare of the moment thing because one of our other speakers, unfortunately, couldn't make it that evening because of a, a family emergency. And we asked the audience if they wanted to come up and Sean's mom, like, bravely and incredibly came up and spoke for three or four minutes so succinctly and eloquently and, and beautifully uh, about her life and her involvement in Sean's life. Uh, and it was just, as, as Chuck said, it was an absolutely incredible moment. So for those of you that haven't seen for the whole thing, and the, here's a shameless plug for, for the event, please find, go to the Talk 11 uh, webpage, I think also on the YouTube page and, and watch the whole event. It is live there. It's free and, and have a look and see what you think for yourselves. So we won't take up any more of your time, Chuck. If there are people that are out there that want to reach you, that want to get a hold of you, that want to talk to you, that want to... Um, that maybe they're going through something similar and, and they just maybe want some support. How do they find you? Is on your social media, uh, email, like what's, what's the best way to get a hold of uh, Chuck? Yeah, I'm just Chuck Butler and, and on Facebook. Or you could check out the Barb's Buddies page. We have a, a page for my wife's events sort of thing and updates and things like that. Or um, yeah, contact you guys and they can pass on my email. That would be fine. Awesome. You've got some golf tournaments and some hockey tournaments and some stuff coming up. We do June 17th, fifth annual Barb's Golf Tournament. And then we have uh, four on four hockey on March 28th, which is a really, really fun event. And so if people want to get involved, donate, find out more information, they can just reach you again at Chuck Butler on Facebook or through us at Talk 11. And, and we'll pass on those, those inquiries. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, Chuck, thank you so much again. It's been fun. It's been fun. And I'm so happy for you. And I can't wait to see what's next for you. And honestly, keep sharing your story, dig a little bit deeper, find those points and get selfish. Why not? Yep. And have some fun. Fair with enough. Everyone else that is listening, thank you so much for listening to episode three of the Talk 11 podcast. You can find us anywhere the internet will allow us. Uh, so you can head over to www.talk11.ca. You can find us on Facebook at Talk 11. You can find us on Instagram at talk11.ca. And you can always listen to the podcast and remember to subscribe. Have a great one, everyone. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listening to the Talk 11 podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Remember to always look out for us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at talk11.ca, on Facebook at Talk 11, and you can head over to our website at talk11.ca. You can also find us on the YouTube, also at Talk 11, where on YouTube you can find all of our speakers and all of our events for your viewing pleasure. So thank you so much. Have a great one and we'll talk to you soon.